Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to Gold Scars. My name is Bianca Wargo, and I'm really excited you're here to dive deeper with us into life and into God's word and the absolute beauty God creates even in our brokenness. Before we get started, I encourage you guys to follow the podcast, click that little bell so you can get notifications as soon as each episode drops, and it also really helps to get the podcast out there to more people who need to hear the gospel and people who might just need a word of encouragement as well. Reviews are also appreciated, and you can either leave them on the platforms you're listening on, or you can message me on the podcast Instagram, which is at goldscars.podpod. So, without further ado, here we go. So, before we get started, I just want to pray us into this, because prayer is so powerful, and it means so much to be able to just communicate with God directly and have that direct avenue to him. So however you're comfortable praying, I ask you guys to like bow your heads, close your eyes, whatever you're comfortable with. I just ask you to pray with me as we go into this podcast. Dear God, um, I just want to pray over everybody that's listening to this podcast and, you know, whatever they need right now, whatever reminder it is, just remind them whatever they're going through that you're there. And you're good and you're present with every single one of us in our lives all the time. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And I just want to pray over this podcast as well. I want nothing more than for my words to be your words in this podcast. His will, not mine. That's the name of the podcast because it's your will, God, not mine. Your words and not mine. And th- that's just as much a reminder to myself as it is to anybody else listening to this podcast. So for all this and this beautiful day and another breath of life that you've given us, thank you, God, for all of it. All these things in your name. Amen. So as I said, the name of the podcast today is His Will, Not Mine emphasis on not mine because I have a little like short little story before we get into the scripture on this last week I I think I posted about this on Instagram too on the gold scars Instagram it's at goldscars.pod p-o-d um on Instagram but I posted about it and I was like look there were two versions of last week's episode of the first episode (laughs) The first one, the one that went out, that was the first one I recorded back in November. I didn't feel so good about that one a month after recording it when I listened to it over again. I didn't feel confident in what I said, in my abilities, uh, my speaking. And I also didn't feel comfortable being so vulnerable either. I'll be honest. Because I might not have touched on a lot of specific details and stuff like that, but I did touch on the fact that, you know, and how it was not so ironically, I don't think. Like, I think that was meant to be one of the first passages that I read out of the Bible that really stuck with me. You know, before that, I had, like, a favorite verse that was 2 Corinthians 5, 7, you know, we, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Very basic verse, very easy to remember. And I think that's why it was my favorite is because it was, it was just easy to remember. 
And it spoke a lot to how little the world makes sense, even when I didn't believe in God's word for what it was at that time. But once I started believing and I started reading God's word, then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 3 through 8 spoke directly into my life. And I wasn't comfortable talking about that on a podcast and putting it out there for you guys. I was scared. So I called a friend and I was like, hey, how about we do a podcast together? Because I'm a lot less likely to just go on and touch on as many details as I did, even though there still weren't a lot, in my testimony. And, you know, it was it was a good podcast. We did talk about stuff that I think will be super important to me. But I think that that podcast, like that second version of the podcast that I recorded was probably only meant to be for me. The thing is, I didn't trust that God was working in that first podcast, in that first version of it. Even though I prayed over that one, and I forgot to pray over the second one, to be quite honest with you. Because I was there with a friend, and we were talking, and I was excited to have a friend on the podcast. (laughs) So I forgot to pray, because I got excited that I had someone there. And I wasn't the only one talking. And I would feel a little more comfortable talking. And I spent the whole Saturday night last week. I was up super late. And got up late. Almost not really that much time to get ready for church. On Sunday. I made it to church. But that was how scared I was is I spent all night before church instead of getting my rest and everything I spent all night trying to fix it and trying to compress the file because it ended up being so long that conversation was a long conversation and I tried recording it on GarageBand and then getting it here on Anchor and then it just didn't work you know it was probably mostly because I don't have practice doing it but it's still in part because That's how God planned it to be. His will. Not my will, but his will. And I can't tell you how many times I've prayed prayers, and then I'm asking all for these things that I want and things that I'm planning for. And then at the end of the prayer, there's a little voice in the back of my head like, hey, is that really what's going to be best for you? Because you've messed up trying to go for what you planned how many millions of times in your life? And it didn't work out. So at the end of every prayer, that little voice kind of convicts me. And I'm like, okay. I'm not taking it back because it's still what I want. But if it's not your will, then I'll be okay with it. And that's always what it is at the end of every prayer for me. And I'm working on it. I'm working on really changing my heart and allowing him to change my heart. Because I'm not really going to change it. But I'm going to allow him to change my heart because that's how God works not by your will and your doing but by his doing it's just it's your simple yes you don't have to do anything but say yes God you can work in my life and he'll work in your life I get really worried about like all these plans and things like that like I am not a huge planner but when it comes to like doing certain like certain things I like to have an idea what I'm doing at least. Just a general outline. If I don't have an idea what I'm doing, I get so anxious, I get so stressed out, but 
a lot of people are going to say that this is probably a corny verse to go over with this, but it's still speaks directly to this topic. And it's so important. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Now, having so much on your plate with so little time, resources, skills, I don't have a lot of time. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Nobody has a lot of time on this earth, to be quite honest with you. Some of us are better at time management than others. I'm not that great at time management, to be completely honest with you. I'm getting better at it, but I'm still not that good. I don't have a whole lot, but I do have some stuff. Uh, Skills, I mean, I can be artistically multifaceted. I don't have a whole lot of super, super out there kind of skills. I have a lot of kind of regular skills that I'm pretty decent at. (laughs) I'm not over the bar on most of them. So my point is, though, what you can do is limited anyway. What you can do with things and with skills and with time is so limited without God. Because God, regardless of what your limitations are, He can do anything. Alright, I... Every once in a while, I am guilty of putting God into a box. But the truth is, he is not in a box. He doesn't have limits. There's no limit to what he can and cannot do. It's just a matter of, is it his will? Is it what he wants for you? Is it what's really going to be best for you in the long run? You might not see that in the long run, uh, winning a certain race isn't going to be good for you but in that moment you want to win that race so it seems like it's the only good thing for you all right I was never really well maybe not never but yeah nah never never is a pretty good word I was never really like the number one swimmer when I was a swimmer like actually in the water I wasn't like in the back of the pack but like I was kind of in the middle maybe a little more than just the middle but I was never at the forefront you know, I was never the, the man to be, or the woman to be, really. I was the one trying to reach that person to be. And it wasn't until I found security in knowing that I don't have full control over everything in my life that I consistently started improving. I don't have control over everything around me. I don't have control of everything within me, really, even. I have control of a lot of things within me. Maybe not everything, because it's not just me in my body. It's also the Holy Spirit. My body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, and I didn't trust that at the time fully, but I trusted that it wasn't just me, at least. So I was taking a step in the right direction, and God rewarded me because he saw, he saw that I just wanted to break a 220 in the, 100, in the 200 back. All right, I wanted to break 220. You know what I did? I did a 219. I did it. I was repeating it to myself so many times before that race. And I was like so worried about it. I was like, oh, I'm so close. Like I had a, I just broken, my best time was a 221 that morning. And then I broke it in prelims. And I had a 220.3, I think. I don't know. 
It was a 220 low. And then I went into that race and I was like, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to break that 220. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then one of the coaches was like repeating it back to me as I was saying it too, trying to hype me up. And it, it was, I knew that it was more than just me. Some part of me did. It wasn't just me in that race. It was God working through me because he allowed for me to break that record. To show myself and show my team that we're all capable of something. You know, I hadn't done super well the rest of that season, like before that. I wasn't anywhere near most of my best times. And yet I shattered them at that meet that whole weekend. I shattered my records. And that's because God saw that I was where he wanted me to be in that moment. But that was the moment that I knew that there was so much more than just me in this world. So much more. It was really humbling. But the next point that I want to make has a lot to do with another corny verse that a lot of people are probably going to roll their eyes. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. It's corny. Like I said, everyone loves this verse and loves to take it out of context. But it's still important when you take it in the right context. Our choices are personal, but our relationship and obedience to God should be more personal and more important. Our own understanding will often only stress us out more. Our trust in God and his plan and that it'll work out for our good for those who believe in him. If you look at Romans 8.28 and go back to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Our trust in him and that his plan will work out for good for those who believe in him will only bring us peace and assurance that there is no safer place to be than where God calls you to be. There's no better place to be than where God calls you to be. Someone that fully recognized this was Jesus. I mean, of course, because he was also fully God, but he was fully man like us too. So you can look at either Mark 14, 36. You can look at Matthew 26, 29. Matthew 26, 42, when he does it again. Luke 22, 42, or John 18, 11. Every one of these verses is an account of how Jesus prayed in the garden and said to God, the Father, and he was like, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus gives the perfect submission here. He says, I don't want to do this. I am scared. I am afraid. I don't want to hurt and be humiliated like this. But, Father, if it's what you want, and it's if it's what is part of your plan, then so be it. You know, another person that fully recognized this was Mary when she said yes to bearing Jesus. When she fully understood that if she was pregnant before she even got married or while she was betrothed before they were supposed to consummate their marriage, her, her and Joseph, she understood that Joseph could have easily divorced her if he wanted to. And he thought about it, but he didn't because... Gabriel came to him, too, in a dream. And he listened to what the angel had to say. He faced the same kind of stress and worry and anxiety that we do. All right? Jesus did. 
Joseph did, all right, but he submitted to the father's will as well by not divorcing Mary and being there to raise Jesus. So did Mary. She fully understood what the consequences of being pregnant before consummating her marriage could have been. Jesus knew he had a choice. Mary knew she had a choice. Joseph knew he had a choice. Any of them could have chosen to disobey the will of the father. They didn't, though. And each of those choices led to our salvation as it was meant to be. To the crucifixion of Jesus. Him defeating death and suffering and shame and all of these things that we suffer with right now in these bodies. But we'll never have to face ever again when we meet him in heaven. And even look at Luke 23. The other man that that was crucified with Jesus, there were two of them. One of them mocked Jesus and said, well, if you're really the son of God, then why don't you save us right now? But the other man understood that he's not going to save us here because this is not where he wants us. He wants us with him. After this life, when we die, we're going to go somewhere. And it's one of two places. And he's one of the few people that we actually know from the, from the mouth of Jesus, from his words, He's one of the few people that we actually know for certain where he ends up. All right, this this other dude that gets crucified with Jesus, where Jesus says, I'll, I'll see you in paradise. But we also know that Judas ends up in the opposite of paradise. We know that Judas ends up in hell because he disobeyed what the father wanted for him. But he's still the father still uses that that story of who Judas is to show us just how important it is to submit to God's will and not focus on our own. I want to go back to the very beginning for just a second to show how early on God shows us how important it is to submit to his will and trust him. And Abel also brought the first, wait, oh my gosh, if I could read right, that would really help. (laughs) And if, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. All right, if you guys know the rest of this story, um, Cain and Abel are brothers. This is why Cain ends up killing Abel. Spoiler alert. Um, Abel brought the firstborn, the fat portions of the firstborn of his flock. While Cain brought, you know, whatever was left over. Cain made sure he had enough for himself first, and then he gave to God. He trusted himself to grow all the crops and everything, because Cain was in charge of vegetation, while Abel was in charge of all the animals and livestock. But Cain didn't understand why God had regard for Abel's sacrifice and not his. And some people say, oh, because it's a blood sacrifice and that's a huge thing in Jewish culture and stuff like that, like, or in in ancient Jewish culture. But it has nothing to do with that, actually. Because God was actually the one that made the first blood sacrifice by killing an animal and giving the skins to Adam and Eve when they felt ashamed because they realized they were naked. The reason God had regard for Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's is because Abel had full trust in God. Abel was giving all he had to God and trusting that God would provide after that. While Cain, I'm going to make sure I can survive 
And then God can have the rest. Instead of trusting God to provide, even after we give back to him. Because ultimately, everything is God's. Because God created everything. Including us. Including our bodies. But sometimes, misconstrue that phrase. Instead of having capital G and apostrophe S for God's in that phrase, some of us just think like lowercase g and no apostrophe. There's a difference, all right, between someone that says we are gods as in we belong to God or a person that says we are gods as in we rule everything. We have all the power. And I think Cain had trouble telling the difference. You know, it. I mean, as an English major, I'm going to say grammar is important. All right. The apostrophe means a lot. The capitalization means a lot. Completely changes the nature of that sentence of saying we are gods. Abel recognized that in his sacrifice because he gave of the firstborn and recognized that that firstborn was gods. That everything he has is gods anyway. So he might as well just give the first thing he's got to God. And then trust God to provide after because, I mean, he made everything, right? He can make more. Jesus fed 5,000 with how many fish and how many loaves of bread? That's God. So the last thing I want to leave you guys with is Isaiah 51, 22. Because I don't know what you're going through. You know, there's not a lot of super bad stuff that I'm going through, but everybody's going through something at some point. And part of what we're all going through, what we all share in, is that we live in a sinful world. We live in a broken, fallen world, and we have a lot of pain. And we see all these sad, depressing things on the news. Or things that frustrate us. Things that just don't seem right. And it's everywhere. That's just the world we live in. And I pray that this world will wake up one way or another someday soon. But Isaiah 51:22 reminds us that the cup isn't ours anymore. It used to be before Jesus came. But if we choose to trust him, if we choose to trust God and his will and all that he has for us, that cup doesn't have to be ours. We can find joy in the suffering, all right? It might not be happiness, but joy is so much better. So Isaiah 51, 22 says, Thus says your Lord, the Lord, your God, who pleads the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering, the bowl of my wrath you shall drink no more. I want you guys to look back to whichever verse it was you chose. But I want you to look back to when Jesus was in Gethsemane and praying for God to take the cup from him, but still submitted to God's will, to the will of the Father. When, when Jesus said to, to the Father and talked to him and said, please take this cup from me, I, I really do believe that he was specifically referencing that verse in Isaiah. Just, just with those two words, like the cup, this cup, that is how God ties everything together. From hundreds and hundreds of years beforehand, when it was prophesied to when Jesus came and even to now, when people study this word and see how perfectly tied in a bow it is, how perfectly fulfilled it is in Jesus Christ and 
how even more perfectly fulfilled it will be when he comes back. So, I want to remind you guys, your will, it'll change. Your will will change as you go through life. How many times have you thought about a certain career and changed your mind? I know I've changed my mind. I don't even know how many times. But God's will never changes. And there's so much peace in that because you know that is always a constant in your life. And you know that it will always be working for your good. You just have to trust him. You just have to trust him.